I'm Isabel Karitzis, and you are listening to the Good Gut Feelings podcast, where we unpack what it's like to digest life in your 20s as a woman with IBS. I am a holistic health coach specializing in IBS. I'm also a Leo, a generator in human design, and have been dealing myself with IBSC for 15 years. Yeah, we just went there. I help women with IBS navigate their symptoms from a place of nervous system balancing and lifestyle changes to unlock their most aligned lives. So stay tuned, hit subscribe, and get ready because in these episodes, we are going deep and covering everything from your relationship with yourself to your relationship with your favorite spicy margarita and how it all impacts our good gut feelings. You can find all of the ways to work with me on my website. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, my podcast angel babies. I am back. I am so excited to be here doing this episode. Um, I appreciate you all being patient with me. It's been so crazy trying to navigate all of the construction going on around my apartment and being able to get you all an episode that doesn't sound like banging and hammering and me not having to stay up until like midnight to get it done. So hashtag balance, work-life balance, baby. Um, Anyway, today's episode is the community Q&A. I did a question box a couple of days ago, maybe about a week ago, with um, a question box, what's on your mind, IBS, gut health, low FODMAP, any kind of questions. And I picked some of the most popular ones to answer with you. And we're going to dive right in. I'm really excited about today's episode because I know that when I was going through the worst of my IBS, um, all I wanted was the opportunity to ask a question or two and, you know, to someone who's been there, to someone who's get, who get, who gets it, who has done the research, who, um, his job it is to help people through this. And there are so many moving components to IBS, right? Where, when we are talking to specific practitioners, sometimes we're only getting the vantage point of their field of practice. And I really appreciate that I can share with you um, a very high level of so many different angles of IBS. If you've been around for a while, you know that my entire thing is that IBS is not just about what you're eating, interestingly. For the longest time, I thought it was. And I didn't really get the chance to heal my IBS until I started looking at so many other things, things like how I was moving my body, my daily habits, my stress, my connection to myself, my self-love, my self-worth, why I was eating foods that I knew triggered me. Hello, dry mango. So good. Um, Lots of things like that. So the chance to kind of dive into a community Q&A, I think, is really special because sometimes we kind of get in our own minds and we develop questions that maybe we're a little too nervous to ask doctors or that Reddit doesn't quite have the answer to or the internet is just not quite equipped for your specific situation. So let's dive in. Okay. Hey, it's me popping in just quickly before we get started to let you know of a really exciting opportunity for the last two months of the year, which by the way is freaking insane. I don't know how we're here anyway. Not gonna, not gonna harbor on that because holy shit. Um, for the remainder of the year, I'm offering a really special opportunity to plug into the Good Gut Fundamentals. We were going to do it live if you've listened to a couple of episodes in the past or if you've been following along on Instagram, social media. And the number one piece of feedback that I was getting from people who were on the fence is that 
people feel really intimidated taking on this level of learning and this level of healing in a group setting, which I totally freaking get. Comparison is the thief of joy. Nobody's situation is the same. And while having a community to lift you up is really special and really important, it can also be really intimidating. This is not a journey to be rushed. This is a journey for you to take at your own pace. So we're rejiggering things a little bit, and I am so excited to let you know that the Good Gut Fundamentals for the rest of the year is going to be $200 off as your chance to plug in, to take it at your own speed, to get acquainted with the material before the holidays, to set yourself up for success for the new year, to finally gain some momentum and getting your symptoms under control. This is the perfect course to supplement with learning about the low FODMAP diet on your own, maybe with your doctor, maybe with the assistance of a registered dietitian. This is the perfect course to supplement with whatever testing you're doing with your doctor. Maybe that is a colonoscopy or SIBO testing or stool testing. The power of this course really lies in the information and education that you are getting. We're covering all aspects of what influences IBS and what helps you heal, including your own special recipe to figure out what you need to do. That's available to you. It's $200 off for the rest of the year if you are interested in dropping in passively. That means taking it at your own speed, all of that jazz. The second way to plug in is what I am super duper freaking excited about. Instead of live coaching, the way we will do this second option is that you can drop in and pay for the course passively, take it at your own speed, and for eight weeks, you will get my unlimited Voxer support. Voxer is a messaging app. You can send voice notes, you can send texts, whatever, with whatever comes up for you. You have my unlimited support for eight weeks, even if the course takes you two. You can send me messages on Voxer. You can send me menus of the place you're going out for dinner. You can send me what you're stressed about or that boundary text you're working on as you're going into Thanksgiving dinner and we can workshop things together. This is a form of one-on-one coaching. Along with this second opportunity, you will also get two one-on-one sessions with me. So It's like a hybrid model of the coaching that I used to offer, the one-on-one coaching. This is IBS exclusive in terms of anything that's covered in the Good Gut Fundamentals course. If you have any questions about either, send me a DM on Instagram. This second option is the closest way you that I'm offering for you to work with me on an IBS basis for the lowest investment, for the most support. Um, it's truly, you know, I'm so excited to be able to support you all in this way. There are going to be limited spots for this second option, and I'm going to link both enrollment pages in the show notes for this so that if either one appeals to you, you can dive in. And if you have any questions, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Okay, let's get into the Q&A. Question numero uno. This one, it kind of makes me laugh because it comes up with clients quite frequently, believe it or not. The question is, If coffee helps me go to the bathroom, is that okay? And it makes me laugh because I think we really get in our minds and get in our heads about the level of assistance and support we need to go to the bathroom meaning something about us. The habit of drinking caffeine in, I don't know, the world is, it's it's a universal habit. 
Caffeine is a stimulant, which means that it is going to assist you going to the bathroom in most cases. That is okay. It is okay that your morning cup of coffee helps you go poop. It is okay that if you stop drinking coffee for a couple of days, your bathroom habits change a little bit. Of course, ideally, we want to be able to have regular bathroom habits on our own. That is like perfect. But is that realistic in a world where you're probably going to have a cup of coffee or tea or matcha every single day? I don't know. That's really a question for you to decide. My concern with people relying on coffee to go to the bathroom is your relationship to that experience. If, if you trend towards constipation a little bit and that morning cup of coffee really gets you going and helps you feel lighter through the day and you feel relieved and you feel like you have a good relationship with it and you're just wondering if it's like, okay, that that's what really helps get you going, that's fine. The place where my little red flags go up with clients and just in talking to friends is if your reliance on coffee, say you're at three cups a day and it's giving you incredible anxiety and the amount that you're going to the bathroom is interrupting your life. It is an irritant. It's a bladder irritant. It's a gut stimulant. And that is playing into a lower quality of life for you. That is where it becomes an issue. And that's really for you to decide. Ultimately, yes, coffee helps us go to the bathroom. Ultimately, it's okay if that's the case. Ultimately, you should be eating enough fiber to go to the bathroom regularly on your own, even if you go a few days without coffee. And most importantly, you should be drinking a truckload of water because coffee causes dehydration and we need hydration to do good poops on our own. So it's really an individual circumstance, right? And my number one concern with clients is your relationship to coffee. Are you entirely reliant on coffee to go to the bathroom? Sometimes that's a hard question to answer because you're the kind of person who goes once a day and that happens to be after your morning cup of coffee. If you feel okay about it, then that's okay. If you feel a little nervous about that and you want to try to remove coffee or switch to matcha and see if you still go to the bathroom, try and experiment. See how you feel. Follow up with me later. We can talk about it. It really just is about how it's contributing to you feeling and you making sure that it exists peacefully in your life. Coffee and going to the bathroom is such a small portion of the effect of caffeine on our body. So that's also something to be mindful of. Is your caffeine intake disrupting your sleep? Disrupted sleep can disrupt your bowel movements. There are so many factors here. So really take stock for a couple of days if you're worried about this and see what comes up for you. But if you feel like you have a good relationship with it and it's really helping you go and you trend towards constipation and it fits into your life seamlessly, then that's fine. I want to just highlight one more point. It's something that comes up with clients relatively frequently and something that's kind of funny for you know me too. I've experienced this a ton. Sometimes we use the fact that coffee can help us go to the bathroom in a manipulative way. So we think, oh my gosh, I haven't been to the bathroom in a couple of days, or I feel really bloated, or something feels a little icky, and we engage in this kind of disordered behavior of maybe if I have a cup of coffee, it'll help me go poop and it will feel better. 
what many people notice in these circumstances when you're using coffee as manipulation. I find, for whatever reason, that in the moments we try to do this, our body (laughs) quite literally revolts. And your body is like, nah, fuck no, I know this trick. You are sticking where you are and we are going to get through this properly. You're not tricking me into anything, baby. And it's kind of funny. How many times have you been like, oh, maybe if I have this cup of coffee, I'll finally go to the bathroom and nothing happens. And you're like, what the heck? I'm so sensitive to caffeine some days. Why did this not work out for me? Your body is truly a genius. And I'm a firm believer that you cannot hack your way out of anything. The best way in those moments to relieve bloat, to finally end up going to the bathroom, to stay calm, move your body intuitively, drink some water, get a good night's sleep, eat regularly, and let it happen. And if you are experiencing extreme constipation and this is an overarching issue for you, then we're probably not talking about caffeine anymore, right? We're talking about something a little bit more serious. So I wanted to throw that in there because I know so many people who try to use coffee as a hack and then when it doesn't work, they're like, what the heck? And I'm like, yeah, you can't trick your body into stuff. In a good relationship with coffee, sometimes that works. And in the moments where you're like, ah, ha, ha, this weapon will do me good, your body's like, nah, fuck no, we don't do that game. So if you relate to that, you're not alone. I see it with clients all the time. Um, Patience, my dear, patience and hydration and all of the good things. Okay. Question number two is from a chicky in the Good Gut Fundamentals course. I don't know why I just said chicky. That's kind of weird. Um, A woman in the Good Gut Fundamentals course said, is there any work I should be doing to enhance my experience in the Good Gut Fundamentals course? So like any supplemental, complemental work, complemental, I don't know if that's a word, complementary work to do while you're taking the course. And I freaking love this question because it means you're thinking big picture. If you have taken the Good Gut Fundamentals course before, you know that we're really talking big picture about so many components because we dive into diet, we dive into stress, we dive into how the digestion works, we drive it, dive into lifestyle, we dive into habits, how to build healthy habits. There are so many key components here, right? And so is there anything you should do to enhance the impact of the course? There's a lot of gut to soul connection work in this course that we touch on, but don't quite dive deep into yet. Hint, hint at a course that may be coming in the future. But if you feel like you're trying to get this sort of juicy, full-bodied experience out of the course beyond just education and what you can implement on a food and lifestyle perspective... There are a couple of really good books I recommend. Number one is Atomic Habits by James Clear. It will build on the Building Healthy Habits module in the course. Another is, um, gosh, what's it called? The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. That is an amazing way to shift the perspective in which you are relating to your thoughts. And other things are just really thinking about ways to connect back to your body in however that needs to look for you. So maybe that looks like daily intuitive movement. Maybe that looks like breath work. Maybe that looks like going to a pelvic floor therapist. Um, It can really look like a lot of things. I would lean into any areas in the course where you're like, oh my gosh, that seems interesting. I want to know more about that. Do some research or send me a DM so I can point you in the right direction. If you're looking at some of the gut to soul connection pieces and you're like, 
oh, wow, this is really what I need, but I don't know where to start. Um, first of all, all of module eight is giving you places to plug in with like the most basic introduction level to breathwork, to boundaries, to meditation, to all of those first pieces of the gut to soul connection. But if you feel like you want to go deeper, shoot me a message on Instagram so that I can know a little bit more about your story and where you are and we can find the best place for you to plug in to this next level, whatever that needs to look like. Okay. Question number three, I feel like I have reactions to low FODMAP foods. Why is this happening? Oh my freaking goodness, there could be a lot of reasons. Low FODMAP is unfortunately not 100% foolproof. Um, the low FODMAP diet when implemented properly is about 80% effective, which is great. We love 80%. However, um, the first reason kind of sticks out in what I just said, right? Where a lot of times um, it's easy to slip up on proper implementation. So that is one factor. The app that I love to help understand the quantities that are appropriate for low FODMAP is the Monash University FODMAP app. I think it's like $13. I recommend it to literally everybody. I'll link it in the show notes. It is the best app ever. So that will help you with proper implementation. If you know that you are implementing super, super properly and you're still finding reactions to low FODMAP foods, some things that could be occurring, um, it could be something like SIBO, it could be something like leaky gut, it could be something like a food intolerance. Although I do not subscribe to food intolerance testing, the best way to do is track your symptoms, eliminate, and then reintroduce. So as far as dietary, so no, what did I just say? Dietary and other conditions, that could be the case. If you feel like you're implementing really, really properly and things are still not going well, certainly talk to your doctor. I know that functional medicine doctors are typically more receptive. Um, sometimes we see people with gallbladder issues really frequently presenting with IBS symptoms. SIBO is a big thing. That's what I had. When I was dealing with SIBO, I found that my list of foods I couldn't eat was growing so long. And some of the things on there were low FODMAP. It was really confusing for me. So double check that if you were ever given the diagnosis of, oh, it's just IBS, which is my least favorite, most bullshit thing ever. Um, certainly go back to your doctor and tell them that you're implementing low FODMAP and see what they say. That could look like um, maybe a prescription medication is right for you, but maybe you're the kind of person who really wants to get to the root cause of the issue. Typically, functional medicine will be the best approach there. Another reason you could be having a reaction to low FODMAP foods is, da, 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 drum roll please, estrés, baby. Stress is huge. Stress is such a huge trigger for IBS. And I think as women, I think as human beings in the world, right, we really play down the amount of stress we're constantly exposed to. So instead of talking about stress, what I want to talk about is cortisol and adrenaline. Let's reframe it in that way. You're familiar with those feelings where you feel like you have ice in your veins or your heart, start, your heart rate starts increasing and your breath starts increasing and you feel overwhelmed in those little moments. It could be to a small degree. It could be to a large degree. Anything that is cortisol or adrenaline inducing also has the power to shut down and slow down your digestive system. So whether you're eating low FODMAP or not, there are still ways to be creating abdominal pain, bloat, gas, water retention while you're still eating low FODMAP. Sleep quality is a huge one that contributes to increased instances of IBS and stress. 
So there are a lot of factors here. So what we're looking at outside of low FODMAP, right, is any other conditions that could be underlying other than just IBS, because IBS is a syndrome, it's not a condition, it just means we ruled out some major scary stuff, we don't really know what's wrong, you still kind of feel crappy. Low FODMAP is not the complete answer there. What I would recommend is leaning into other modalities for stress reduction if you feel like low FODMAP is not working for you, along with going back to your doctor to see if anything else could be the matter. Some food for thought, some things to think about, just remembering that low FODMAP is not always the whole picture. I know it's really, really frustrating to feel like you're so restrictive with your diet, and maybe that is stressing you out. Maybe the restriction of low FODMAP is too overwhelming for you. I see that with so many clients too. Almost every single woman that I've worked with has had a history of disordered eating or just a weird relationship with food in the past. And throwing something like low FODMAP into the mix isn't always right for everybody. And that's okay. So other things to think about, sleep quality, stress reduction, moving your body intuitively, drinking enough water, um, things to really take care of you. And this is the last question that we will do today. Is there a best way to approach an upcoming doctor's appointment with my gastro? And let's bring this out to all doctors, right? This could be your primary care doctor. This could be your functional doctor. This could be whoever, your GI. It is really easy to get stressed in the doctor and walk in or maybe a couple days or weeks before you're like, oh my gosh, I have this laundry list of symptoms. All these things are wrong with me, blah, 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 blah. I'm so ready to go to the doctor. I can't wait. And then you get there and you're having a good freaking day and you're like, I think I'm doing pretty fine today. Or you get nervous, overwhelmed, you feel under pressure and you forget everything you were going to say, everything that's been going on for the past couple of months for however long. This has happened to me so many times. I see it happen with clients all the time. Um, one of the GIs I went to, I was having an excruciating like six-month period of time. And on the day I had to go to the doctor, I felt fine. And all of the questions she was asking me were like, how are you feeling today? What's your blow? Let me feel your abdomen. You feel fine, blah, 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 all this guy. Like, you, like I was the picture of health on that specific day. And couldn't even really remember the worst of it. Like almost like your brain blocks it out and you're like, well, today's a good day. So I'm really not going to focus on all of the shitty days before. And I'm saying this because this leads to my answer of the best way to approach any upcoming doctor's appointment. The notes app on your phone is going to be your new best friend. Okay. And here's what you need to write down. If you are noticing any triggers for your symptoms, whether that is food, whether that is stress, whether that is... Um, things you're wearing, the places you are, things you're doing, people you're talking to. I want you to keep a list of what that trigger is that you think it is. You know, it could be, oh, this apple that I ate for snack or talking to my boss because both things happened at 10 a.m. and I hate them both or whatever. One's, one's, you know, high FODMAP and the other one makes me nervous. Those could both be symptom causers, but you don't know which one really it could be. So write it down. Write down anything that could be a potential trigger. Write down the symptoms that you have gotten. So maybe that's abdominal pain, maybe that's cramping, maybe that's diarrhea. And write down the time it occurred to. And then you'll be able to see trends. Trends is the most important thing you can walk into the doctor with. 
Sometimes we get these symptoms that are like a one-off weird thing and they never happen again, but they really psych us out in the moment and we make it mean more than it needs to. And then we forget about the little things that happen. Like I keep burping after dinner from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. I am a burping machine. And you forget that that was the case because on one random Tuesday morning, you threw up and you're like, oh my God, I'm dying. What's really more important here probably is the constant belching between seven and nine after dinner. That's the stuff you want to remember. So keep that note handy on your phone and just jot things down as you go along. The most important thing you can go to any doctor's appointment with is data about yourself so that you can look at it, that you can speak confidently, that there is no room for questioning or gaslighting or misremembering or feeling under pressure or on the chance that you go in feeling great that day, you still have a really accurate record of what your experience has been like. So collect as much data about yourself as possible. Most importantly, things being potential trigger, symptom it caused, time it happened. And if you want to get really specific, it might also be helpful to, you know, if we're making a spreadsheet here of symptoms, I'm also thinking add three more columns. One was hydration levels that day. One is bowel movements that day, and the other is stress level that day. And maybe even a fourth one of sleep sleep quality the night before. If you really want to collect a lot of data on yourself, that is the best thing you can be measuring. So one more time, potential triggers, symptoms it caused, time, and then your additional data buckets is hydration, bowel movements, sleep quality, and stress levels. These are the best things that you can collect about yourself. I hope that this has been really helpful. I love doing Q&As. I love being able to answer your questions. Um, I know personally that this was so helpful for me when I was going through the beginning stages of my journey and middle and end until I got it all figured out. Being able to run questions past somebody who gets it, who totally understands, who's working with people, who wants to answer the questions. Um, I slid into so many DMs when I was dealing with all of my stuff that were just unanswered because I was like, I remember reaching out to brands and being like, did you change your formula? Because now I have gas and cramps and all of these things. And I feel like my IBS, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, uh, no. I remember I reached out to a blogger. (laughs) This is so funny. Uh, It was when like I was deep into making recipes from recipe developers, bloggers. And there were these cookies that I really, really loved. And they had a lot of cacao in them. And I was making them. And then one day, I don't know what the frick happened, but like my stomach hurt so badly that day. And if you're familiar with low FODMAP, with a FODMAP diet, cacao was low FODMAP. And the rest of the cookies were low FODMAP, like there were no ingredients. And I was trying to think like what could be irritating or fibrous or whatever. And I messaged the girl who made the recipe and I was like, do these hurt your stomach? Because I'm wondering if cacao is contributing to my IBS flares. And she was like, um, nope. I am, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't put out a recipe that, that made me feel bad. So no, the answer is no. And I was like, damn it. Okay, thanks. Like, <laughs> there was such an inclination when I was going through the worst of it to want to pin my narrative onto everybody I could so that I would feel less alone. I wanted it to be the fault of whoever made my favorite protein powder or whoever made that recipe. 
because the clues I had didn't make sense and there was no one that I could ask who would get it, who could see the big picture and point me in the right direction of what else could be going on. So when I do Q&As, I truly want you to slide in. I know how valuable they can be. It means the world to have you all engaging with me, to be here, to know that you're here, to know that this is making an impact on you. Um, and if you have any questions, don't hesitate to DM me. That's what I'm here for. Um, in the show notes, you can find all of the ways to work with me. I will also, again, link the two ways to plug into the Good Gut Fundamentals for the rest of the year. Once the um, higher level support spots are gone, they will be gone. Um, so DM me if you want one of those, and I'll make sure that one of them has your spot, has your name on it. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It means the world to me. If you rate and review the podcast on Apple podcasts, that's the best way to get this out to more people who are also struggling with IBS and gut issues. So if you know that somebody could use this, um, head to Apple podcasts, give me a rating and review. And if you do that, send me a screenshot and I will email you a free copy of my 60-page High Vibe, Low Vibe ebook and journal. Um, it is a phenomenal way to get in touch with your intuition, to connect back to yourself. And as a thank you from me to you for reviewing, for being here, for supporting me, I'd love to give that to you for free. So send me a screenshot at goodgutfeelings at gmail.com and I will get one to you. Um, if you, this podcast episode was valuable to you, uh, I'd love it if you'd screenshot it, tag me, share it with somebody who you know might need it. Um, that is the best way to support along with rating and reviewing and support the people in your life who also might be dealing with gut issues. So I will talk to you soon. Love you guys.